Okay, hi guys, and welcome back to Me, My Thoughts, and I. Um, we have a very interesting surprise. If you don't follow the Instagram, you might not know this, but we now have a new co-host, and she is on today, and we are trying to figure out how to record remotely, so the next few episodes might be a little bit um, not great while we figure it out, but I think we have it down. I think we're good. Um, but now I guess without further ado, I will introduce or allow her to introduce herself. Yasmin, if you want to introduce yourself, who you are, where do you live? Other important things to know about you. Why do we love you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jess. I just want to say I'm super excited to join Jess as a co-host. Um, if you don't already know, I have already been listening to the podcast for a while uh, for all of the episodes. So I'm definitely a huge fan of the podcast. And if you don't already know, Jess and I actually do work together. So we are co-workers at our workplace. Um, so that's really fantastic. She's really fun to be around. So it's really fun being able to do this podcast with you, Jess. So I'm super, super excited. Me too. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Yasmin, but I typically go by the nickname as Yaz. Um, and I basically just live in Barrie, Ontario. So it's just about an hour and a half away from Toronto, give or take traffic, uh, a little bit more up north. It's pretty nice here, I have to say. We kind of get a little bit of best of both worlds with the city and then the beach vibes too. Um, maybe just kind of a few fun facts to know about me. I have been recently engaged from November 2022. Uh, so that was super exciting. So I am engaged. I currently live with my partner right now. And we also have our little fur baby Milo. So if you do hear a little bit of barking throughout <laughs> this episode, uh, I know when Jess and I were trying to kind of set up our podcast and the episode today, uh, both of our dogs were going off. So if you do hear kind of some barking in the background that's just Milo kind of being a little bit of a butt for the day um and I think I they're guess... used to hearing moose bark there's so many times where I'm recording an episode I think I have it on video one time I think I was on my period and I was trying to record an episode and moose was like whining in the bedroom with me and then at one point he knocked over my camera and I was like taking a video for TikTok and I just screamed at him because I was so mad because I'm like trying to like record this episode you can hear him whining in the background I'm like oh so if you like this podcast you're just gonna have to deal with the dogs <laughs> anyways go on <laughs> it's a package deal for sure <laughs> yeah maybe they'll be guests one day yeah, so I think that's all. I mean, I'm a pretty quirky person. I'm pretty weird. Uh, but I also just love to have conversations. I love to be open. That's one big thing, especially if you're listening in today. Uh, you might not agree with some of the things that uh, we have to say, but I'm a very open person. I'll never tell someone that their opinion is wrong. I always love to hear other perspectives. So I'm really looking forward to the conversations that we're going to have throughout this podcast for sure. I think it's going to be great. And like all of our meetings that we have, we schedule them for an hour. But the first half an hour, we're just talking about like random stuff. And then at one point I was like, you know what? Yaz would be like a really good co-host because we have great conversation. And then I can't remember if I brought it up or if you brought it up first. I think I didn't want to bring it up to you because I was like, I don't know if people 
Like, I don't know if you actually would want to do it. And then I think you brought it up first. I was like, oh my God, thank you for bringing that up because I didn't want to ask you, but yes, please be my co-host. <laughs> For sure, um, yeah. I got you, girl. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's going to be great. I think people are going to love you. Um, and I think we're very similar, but also very different. So I think, uh, like, we have pretty similar, like, opinions on the world and, like, belief systems and stuff, I think. But as far as, like, our life experience, our cultures, like, everything is just, you know, that side of our lives are very different. And I think that's where it's going to be interesting um, to hear your perspective. And you also, like, have lived a bunch of places and you currently live basically in the city where I do not. So we also have that as a difference too. Like you have a very, you live a very different life than me. So, um, will be interesting for sure. Um, okay. So we do have a quick icebreaker question and this is something like we thought maybe we would do a whole episode on this. Um, but for now we're just going to do an icebreaker because we were talking about it yesterday and I'm like, I really want to talk about it. What do we think about AI? I will let you go first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know some people are a fan. I know some people are like, they kind of lean over to the other side. I have to say I'm more so in the middle, but I'd say I lean a little bit more against to being against, not necessarily against AI, but it kind of freaks me out. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if you find this too, but just how fast AI has advanced over the past few years it really is a little bit scary because you kind of start to go down this hole, especially if you listen to podcasts about AI. Uh, if you've ever heard Elon Musk talk about AI too, mm -hmm. it is kind of scary kind of hearing more about how smart it's getting every single day. Um, and you kind of have to wonder, like, at what point is AI going to outsmart people? Because I think looking at AI, that's very much possible. And you look at these crazy stories where, like, for example, people who have that little Google Home thing or the other mm -hmm. one, the Alexa, like it says like freaky stuff at night. I don't know if you've yeah. ever looked into like the videos or like the TikToks about that, but it's scary, man. Like that no. stuff freaks me out. I don't even want to know because I have a Google Home. I was just listening to music on it. So I don't want to know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it really scares me. Like I would be lying if I said I didn't use it. I use it all the time. I used it to write our outline for this podcast episode um, because it's just like easier. Like I work basically three jobs, um, one part-time job, one full-time job, and then a casual job. So I'm like a very busy person. Plus I have lots of trips and I'm like, I have friends, I have a partner, I have dogs, I have like a lot of shit going on. Um, so the last thing I want to do is sit down and like write an outline for a podcast episode. <laughs> so it's very helpful in that sense where like, I feel like my AI account, and if you don't know what AI means, it's artificial intelligence, basically. And um, so the program that I was using it basically, like you have an account, and then I think the whole purpose of AI is for it to learn from you. So now it knows what my podcast is about. It knows the writing style that I like. It knows like my experiences. It knows like everything. So when it writes an outline, I barely even have to edit it anymore. And that is scary. And I'm like kind of on the fence about it. But again, same as you, Yaz, where I'm more leaning towards like, I don't really agree with it. And I'm scared that it's going to take over the world and it's going to kill us. Yeah, even just thinking, like, I think, obviously, if you already have those writing skills, like what you mentioned, that's amazing. Because like you said, like, you never know what your life situation is like, you might be super, super busy. But you also have to kind of start questioning, like, 
what if for those who are younger, who don't quite have like those writing skills or communication skills, Mm -hmm. and then they start using AI rather than developing those skills too. I think that's super interesting when you start thinking about that coming into play too with AI. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to affect like kids development if they're able to use it. Because I even know for myself, like I joke about like, oh, I don't even have to think for myself anymore. But that's true. Like you don't have to think for yourself um, when you're using AI because you just type in, oh, do this for me or, you know, write a podcast episode outline for me. And I don't even have to think because it knows me already. So it writes everything that I I want it to write without me even having to like do any work, um, which is helpful, like work smarter, not harder for sure, but also very scary because eventually I think it's going to get smarter than us. And then like, it's just going to kill us. <laughs> like, I actually think that that's a real um, problem that we could be facing in a few years. Yeah, for sure. Did you see, there's like a new video, I think it was on TikTok or just a clip in general. Um, first of all, did you ever have a Furby like growing up? No, I always wanted a Furby, but my parents never got me one or maybe they did, but I don't remember. I vividly, vividly remember asking over and over and over and over for a Furby. And I don't think I ever got one, but I wanted it, but I think my parents thought it was creepy. So they didn't want to get me one. So your parents would agree with what I'm about to say about AI and Furbies. So okay. for those audience members who don't know what a Furby is, it's kind of just like this little like fluffy owl toy. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like an owl toy essentially. And then if you turn it on, it just kind of repeats like these like like common phrases. I don't know. It'll say like, hello, like I'm Furby. It'll just say mm-hmm. kind of like the same phrases that it's already programmed to do. But someone just recently got AI to have Furby to talk. So like AI oh. was applied to a Furby. And then they asked if Furby was going to take over the world. And then the Furby, I can't remember exactly what it said. But the Furby essentially was just like, like, we're going to take over the human race. Which is so scary. (laughs) That is scary. And you know what? I believe it, though, because like it's like that episode of uh, Black Mirror. Have you ever watched it with Miley Cyrus? I think it was the one with Miley Cyrus where it had that doll thing or that little robot thing. And she was talking to it, but it like took over the world or something. I don't know. I don't know. I have to rewatch it. But yeah, it scares me. Like, I feel like we're living like every day. It's like a new episode of Black Mirror. Like, that's honestly what I feel Um, yeah for sure it's very scary um so I guess we're both on the fence I love AI because it makes my life a lot easier but also like I feel like we could do without it for sure yeah I feel like technology has kind of ruined us already and I'm scared to see where like the future is gonna go because technology keeps advancing um so that scares me for sure Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I'm like, I like how smart it can be because it's handy. It just freaks mm-hmm. me out. I think that's yeah. the end point for me. It just scares me of like what it can do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the episode that we're going to be talking about today, the topic, I guess, that we're going to be talking about is basically um, navigating the loss of spark in relationships and like basically like what to do if you feel like you have lost the spark in your long-term or short-term, I guess, relationship. But I feel like short-term relationships, they're more fun. Like, I've never 
experience losing the spark in a short-term relationship, but long-term relationships, yes. Um, so yesterday or the day before we put out some questions and some polls on Instagram, um, just to kind of see where our listeners and our followers are at. We don't have a lot of followers on Instagram, but we do get a lot of engagement. I'm actually kind of shocked about that. Um, when I post a question, it usually gets a lot of responses. Like we got nine responses on a question, which are only like 140 followers. I think that's a lot. That's a good, good outcome. Um, so the first question that we asked was, what's your relationship status? So 18% of you said single, 18% of you said in a relationship, 51% said married, which kind of shocked me a little bit. And 12% said engaged. And yeah, as you are part of the 12% and I'm part of the 18%. I was going to um, say though, for the, I also was shocked by the 51% for married. Yeah, there's a lot of married people on our Instagram. And I don't know if that's because they started listening when I was doing it with charity and a lot of charity, I would say almost all of charity's friends are married. Not a lot of my friends are married, a couple of them, but not a lot of them. So um, I think they started following like at the very beginning, Um, but very interesting for sure. And also kind of what shocked me, I'm going to go into the last question that we posted was, have you ever felt like you and your partner lost the spark in your relationship? 70% said yes, but 30% said no. Hmm. That's also pretty interesting because I would think that at least, unless of course, it's kind of like you mentioned where it's a, it's a new relationship, right? It's fresh. Or of course, for the single people, maybe they haven't felt that way too. But Mm -hmm. I would think that it's more than 70%, especially if you're like in a long term relationship. And I feel like Jess and I will kind of hit on like all the different points of why that may happen. Um, But I was shocked with the 70% too. Yeah. And I actually went into the poll and I looked at who voted yes and who voted no. And then I compared it to who voted in the other poll, like whether they were married, single, in a relationship, whatever. And a lot of the 30% were married people. Wow. And I thought that that was crazy. I'm like, don't you think married people would have definitely experienced this? But I guess you can't judge a book by its cover. I guess I just assumed if you're married, then you're bored. <laughs> you know I'm what? just kidding. That's really cool to see because that means like, who knows, maybe they have some tips and tricks that like I myself don't even know or that audience members don't know. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who did answer no, like feel free to message in like any tips and tricks you find too because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely let us know because if you've been married for like a long period of time and you have not felt like this, then you need to give us some tips because clearly we both have had experience with this. So, um, okay. And then the third question that we asked was a question box. And it said, if you're taken or in a relationship, what is something that you and your partner currently struggle with? Um, And we got nine answers to that, basically. Um, A couple of them were the same answer. So the one thing that we got a lot was communication which I think is a very common thing to struggle with. Another one that we got a few of was like setting time to spend quality time with each other. Um, So a few people said that just like spending time, just the two of us setting time aside so that we can have that quality time. That was a popular one. And then someone had said, recognizing the positive efforts each other are putting in. And I thought that that was interesting because Paulo and I, 
definitely struggle with that because Paulo thinks that I'm not doing enough and I think that Paulo's not doing enough. But meanwhile, we're both doing a lot. <laughs> um, partner has issues controlling her anger. It sucks, but we're working on it. And I put in our notes, Paulo, is that you? <laughs> it wasn't him, but it could be because I definitely sometimes struggle with my anger. So um, I can definitely empathize with that one. Um, someone said they didn't word it like this, but I changed it to keep it anonymous because they use the person's name. And so basically agreeing on spending money, one partner spends more than the other would like. Um validating each other while still validating our own feelings, keeping the sexual intimacy alive and anxiety. So one partner has anxiety and the other is go with the flow. I did respond to this one directly because I empathize with it. And I was like, oh my God, I, I have anxiety obviously. And Paulo doesn't. Paulo's go with the flow. And I'm like, like we're taking a trip this summer. And if you saw our itinerary, it's like down to the minute. Like, Okay. At this time we're waking up at this time. We're eating breakfast at this time. We're getting in the car at this time. We're driving. And like, this is what we're listening to while we're driving. This is what we're talking about while we're driving. Like I need a solid plan. So that's what this person had said was that, um, she likes to have a plan, but her partner doesn't. So, uh, they really struggle with that. So we are going to give some helpful tips to some of these in a minute. Um, but I think first, like, Maybe we can talk about our own experiences with this. And Yaz, I don't know if you want to talk about your experience first, because I feel like I've been talking for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Also, those are some really great comments that people like put in. I think that's really, I don't want to say cool because it struggles, but I think it's Mm -hmm. cool that people like acknowledge their struggles and that we're able to kind of have that conversation around it. Because I feel like the first part to fixing problems especially when it comes to like partner issues is admitting the problems and trying to like sit down and talk about it. So I think that's really awesome to see like that people are being super, super honest about their struggles. Yeah. Yeah, And I think if there's one thing about our listeners that I really, really love is that they're also very vulnerable. And I think I get a lot of really good responses to my stories and like questions and stuff like that um, with these really deep, good answers I think partly because they know I'm not going to share who they are and also I make a point to be very vulnerable on this podcast on the stories and I think that's a space safe space for them so they know like okay if I share this if Jessica or Yaz share it on their story they're also going to share all of the other responses and I know that I'm not going to be alone um Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love when people share like their stories. I've had so many great discussions like two nights ago. um, I think someone responded to one of the questions or something or our story and had mentioned that she's going through a separation, um, Mm -hmm. a divorce, I want to say. And she's really struggling because she has two young kids and just like really struggling with that. And I don't think she lives, she doesn't live uh, where I live. Um, just like a, a follower from TikTok, I want to say, but, um, yeah, so we had a really good conversation about how, like, um, I think she comes from like a smaller town, like I did when I got divorced and is kind of dealing with some of the same behaviors that I dealt with, I think. And I'm trying not to like give too much identifying information, but we had a really great conversation about that. I also shared how, like, we think that when we're going through a separation, and we have young kids that it's going to affect the kids more than it actually does. 
because like my parents split up when I was very, very young. I don't even remember it. But what I do remember is like the fighting between the two and my parents not taking care of themselves. And like if they would have just split and then done their healing and co-parented properly and like been a healthy version of themselves, I would be fine. But I'm more messed up of more messed up about what came after that than the actual divorce in itself. So I had said like, just take some time to really work on yourself and heal yourself and not worry so much about your kids because the kids are resilient. So I thought that was really interesting. And I really love when people are vulnerable like that. And I think that's what I love about this podcast so much is that like, we really do have a lot of those great discussions. So anyways, that's my, my ramble for the episode. So go ahead. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So as I had mentioned, for those of you, again, who are just hearing about me and getting to know me today, uh, I am recently engaged. However, prior to that, my partner and I had been together for about four years. So currently, um, it has been for a little bit over four years, I'd say like a few months over. Um, So we have been together for quite a while. Um, It's been kind of a roller coaster so like with any couple I think and I can hear Jess laughing because I'm sure she's like gone through the same things but I think it's safe to say like anyone who goes through a long-term relationship will kind of go through that honeymoon phase at first right it's especially the first year that you're together you're still learning about each other you're still kind of like in that googly phase where you're like all over each other you're super excited you're meeting their family their friends um, you're really just getting to know that person. So I think for that first year, we were both, my partner and I were both in that honeymoon phase, right? It's super mm-hmm. exciting. Um, we also had moved in together at the end of that year as well. So I think kind of moving in together at first is also just that honeymoon phase, right? Because you're, you get to have your coffee together. Um, you get to like spend all this time together. You're kind of almost romanticizing, like moving in with your partner and being like, oh, we're going to like wake up and watch the sunrise together. We're going to like have like a coffee and chat and like wake up really cute in bed together. So I think it's just a lot of, I think a lot of what stems behind losing the spark is romanticizing things. And I think, I don't think that's anyone's fault really. I think a lot of that has to do with movies and kind of like what we see like on social media or movies too. I know I'm really like victim to like, watching a lot of movies like rom-coms or romantic movies where you kind of see like the guy going after the girl or like um I don't know like if you've ever watched like any 80s movie like the John Cusack movement moment where he's like holding the boom box um Mm -hmm. and he's like going after the girl so for me I've always been like a really big hopeless romantic really into like those big gestures and I think that's kind of the downfall of what happened to me when I started losing the spark um, during that phase because to me I started kind of comparing right it becomes really easy to compare being like oh like why isn't my partner doing this why isn't uh why aren't they doing like these big gestures you know like you also see other people on social media who post of their partners and then you kind of start to question or at least it starts to become easier to question kind of what your relationship might be lacking. It becomes a lot harder to see the bigger picture of um, 
kind of how everyone else's relationship right might be right with social media you see people post things but you don't know what's going on behind closed doors but at the end of the day you're seeing kind of what's at face value so it might make you feel a little bit bad if you see someone and their partner doing a lot of cool things a lot of date nights and things like that and then maybe you and your partner are very busy that week and you're not doing anything okay yeah I think we kind of went through a lot of issues um, where we were kind of lacking a lot of communication between my partner and I. So um, I think because I was so into those rom-coms, so into kind of those expectations you see on social media and movies, I started to kind of have those expectations in real life. And I'll be honest, like I'm not perfect. For me, it's taken a long time to kind of just reevaluate myself and work on my communication skills in which my partner and I both have been working on, which is really great. I'll give kudos to the fact that we are able to kind of just sit down. But I think that's really the big issue that we weren't having at first. We were kind of just not communicating. Uh, We wouldn't just sit down and have that conversation and talk about, you know, like, what's your love language? Because with every person, everyone has a different love language. And Jess, you can speak to yours and Paulo's experience too. But I know with Andrew and I, we both have completely different love languages. So with me, it's a lot of kind of doing the little things like each day. It might not be as big of like the big gestures that matter as much, but it's like the little things on day to day, um, just whether that looks like leaving a little note saying like, have a good day, or whether that looks like, um, like vacuuming for me as something as small as that, those are really kind of the big gestures that go a long way. Um, whereas with my partner, it might look a little bit different. He's not exactly like that. Um, he likes to kind of be super playful and like joke a lot. He's definitely more of kind of like he likes to have that friend vibe to him that helps a lot more. So um, it did take a while to kind of just talk through it and kind of learn each other's love languages. But that's probably, I'd say, and I'll let Jess talk about her experience as well in a bit, but that's probably the main takeaway I took from kind of being able to get over those issues because we were going through that where it felt very flat in our relationship, but then we were able to just sit down and have a conversation and say, um, hey, can we talk about this? You know, what are your expectations? Like, how would you like to me go to go about like your love language, right? And then vice versa for the other person. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I learned as well is just to try and avoid pointing the finger. Because with me, like, I think I've gotten a lot better at this where I can take a step back and try to think, okay, how can I work this best so I'm not pointing the finger at someone? I feel uh, like you're really good at that. Yeah, also, honestly, it's taken a lot of work, though, because I used to not be like that at all. And sometimes I still slip up. Like, sometimes I'll still kind of say things in a way that might point the finger. But I think it's really important to just take the time. Like, even if you're mad, it's really easy to just kind of, like, point the finger and, like, point out everything that your partner might be doing wrong in your eyes. Uh, but it just, you really have to take the time to sit back and reflect on saying, okay, what are my expectations in this relationship? And how can I best express that to my partner in a way that's not just saying you're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. So I think one other thing to mention about my partner and I's relationship. So as I had mentioned, we kind of went through that honeymoon phase in the first year. And I'd say maybe in the second or third year, that's kind of 
or somewhere in between, that's probably when it started to kind of die off for the honeymoon phase. And that's, I feel like that's kind of when reality kicked in of like, what a normal relationship or typical relationship is like, especially, you know, when you're living with that person and seeing them every day. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're living with the person like full time too, you know, it doesn't give that opportunity to be away from that person as much. You don't have that opportunity to, to kind of miss them, to be excited after not seeing them for a while. So I think it's kind of just small things that's helped us along the way of kind of just grounding us back into having appreciation for our relationship. So whether that looks like um, maybe like him having a boys weekend away or me having a girls weekend away or even going to like a coffee shop during the day, just making sure that we have that time away from each other. um, That's helped us a lot. Also, I find like one thing that's helped us a lot too is just making sure kind of that we're getting silly right that it's not always so serious all about kind of being like serious and romantic all the time um but we do things like pranking each other uh we'll kind of do things like funny little games like I don't know if you've ever done a sock war before like have you ever heard of a sock war no No, it's essentially (laughs) it's essentially when like both people have their socks on and then you have to try and take the person's socks off first So it gets pretty messy, like it gets pretty funny. Uh, We just try to keep things a lot more light rather than just being like angry about things all the time. Um, Also, just something that's helped with us is really being able to compliment each other. So Mm -hmm. like, I think that's one thing that a lot of people tend to miss, because like I said, it's really easy to point out what people are doing wrong or point out something that you don't like about someone. So we really try to just make sure that we're complimenting each other every day. Also trying to stay flirty, right? I think when you're with someone for such a long time, and I thought I thought it was super interesting that someone talked about like the intimacy thing or mm-hmm. trying to keep things like sexy all the time. So even like small little things like that, like throwing them like a compliment, making them feel sexy, making them uh, feel attractive, like small little compliments. I think that's really kind of what's helped with us um, just to maintain that spark and that flame. Uh, But just also really remembering it's totally normal, right? It's not normal to always consistently have a spark. I don't think in my opinion, everyone could think a different opinion, but to me, it's just a part of the process. You know, you're learning about someone at first and then you learned about them. Um, I think it's way more normal to kind of just not have as much of that spark, but instead you see that love turn more into appreciation. You see that love turn more into accepting that person's faults as well. So I think it's perfectly normal to just kind of not have the same spark that you have like at the first year of when you're dating someone or the first few months or weeks where you might be dating someone. Yeah. And I think uh, I had a very similar experience, um, except me and Paulo, like, we always joke that he moved in on the first date because he basically did. (laughs) I think I told you that when we were in Vancouver. Um, We've only been together for like a year and a half, but it feels like we've been together for much longer than that because we've been together every single day since our first date basically. Um, So I feel like everything we've experienced, like most people don't experience until like a year into their relationship, two years into their relationship. But because we moved so fast, we experienced everything so fast. So 
Um, that's been really, really hard. I do kind of wish that I, like my friends always make fun of me because it's so, it's such a Jessica move to just jump in head first and like move in with someone right away. And like, usually it doesn't work out for me, but this time it did clearly. Um, I mean, so far it's worked out for me, but, um, yeah, it's kind of like the laughing running joke of my friend group is like, no one thought me and Paula were going to last because it was just like another guy that I jumped into a relationship with. Um, but Paula and I work really well together for the most part, but I feel like I have a different, uh, I guess experience with this. Like it happens in every relationship that I'm in and I'm just now starting to realize that it actually is a me problem and not a like boyfriend problem. Um, cause I used to just run from that relationship whenever I felt this starting to happen. Like once the honeymoon phase was over, I was like, okay, I'm bored. I'm jumping to the next relationship. Um, and now I'm realizing that that's actually a me issue and I need to deal with that because when it happened with Paulo, I was like, oh my God, I think even before we went to Vancouver, I was in that, in that kind of headspace where I was like, I just, I'm not happy and it's not the same as it used to be. Like we used to have so much fun and now we don't. And you know what? I think that like normalizing those experiences is huge because I didn't know that that's something that a lot of people go through. Like when the honeymoon phase is over, like you, it, it's normal to feel like you're kind of losing that part of your relationship because it's not just fun and games anymore. Like now it's serious. Now we actually have to start talking about like, okay, who's paying for what? And, you know, what do we want kids? Do we want to get married? And, you know, what do we want our life to look like? And then that's where it's okay. This isn't fun for me anymore. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about the serious stuff. I just want to have a chill, low-key relationship. Um, but obviously, like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, I guess. So, um, and I also find too, like, with the sexual intimacy, um, that's something I always struggle with because I feel like at the beginning of a relationship, I'm like, a very sexual person. And I think it's because society for a lot of women has kind of raised us to think that we need to be this sexual person to keep a relationship, to keep a man around. So I find that that is kind of ingrained in my brain. So when I get into a relationship, I'm like, you know, very sexual. I'm very touchy. I love to cuddle. I want to be like inside your body basically at all times. Like I want to rip open your skin and like be inside your skin. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden that stops. It's kind of a shock to the other person. So it's a shock to Paulo because it's like he for the last year thought that I was this like, you know, very touchy feely person when in reality, I actually hate being touched. But for, you know, the honeymoon phase, I kind of feel like I have to um, I have to do it because otherwise it's going to be boring or he's not going to like me or whatever. So I find for me losing spark with my partner kind of coincides with that phase of my relationship where it's like, I no longer feel like I have to put out to keep them. So I don't have any desire to do it at all sometimes. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but, um, I do really struggle with that and like just getting complacent. And I, you know, I've said it a million times, I'm a very busy person. You know, Paulo's schedule is also completely opposite to mine sometimes. Like he works two days, two nights, and then he's off for four days. And his four days aren't always on the weekend. And I only have the weekends off. So it's been really tricky to like, I guess, 
make our schedules work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say. We're currently going through it. Um, so this episode is definitely, or this topic is definitely like something that's on my mind constantly right now. I'm constantly trying to find ways that I can get out of it. Um, yeah. And I think like you said, social media really makes us think that we're doing something wrong. And that's what I hate about social media. Yeah. I honestly, I feel like, again, I'll admit like to me, I'm not so big on like, or as being on social media now with like posting everything that I'm doing, but definitely like when we were first dating with my partner and I, like if he wasn't posting about me, like, cause I was posting about him, like I'd be upset. I'd be like, oh do you not like me anymore like like Mm -hmm. do not like value this relationship and then because like he never valued social media he's not like a huge social media person I'd say he's that's kind of where he's like positively shaped me in the sense where like I no longer value social media as a form of validation but I feel like in this day of age it's really hard to get to that point it takes like a lot of kind of being confident and like reassuring yourself that you don't need validation through social media because it gets really hard to stay away from like that thought of like you know like if people aren't like looking at my stuff or liking my stuff um and maybe we can do a social media episode like at some point because I think oh my god yeah it's super needed but um yeah I think it becomes really hard to just like validate your relationship for what it is and not compare to anyone else or anything else because you see like everything else that's out there and you're kind of just wondering, like, why is my mom like that? And I have to, like, I definitely sympathize with, like, especially since you said you and Paolo are, like, on different schedules because I know that happens with my partner and I sometimes when he'll be working on afternoons or nights and then Mm -hmm. I work during the day. So, like, we never have the time for date nights. Sometimes he'll work on the weekends the odd time too. So um, I think even with date nights, I know people say, like, oh, make a regular schedule for date nights. I think that can be really hard doing like a full out date night because one, they can cost a lot of money. So Mm -hmm. like it adds up going out to like dinners, nice places and stuff like that. And two, sometimes it just doesn't work with your schedule or even if it does, like you're both tired. Maybe you both had a long week. Um, So even just doing like the small things like, okay, let's set aside two hours for a movie night, but let's amp it up by like making a fort. Or something like that. Or, like, let's put on, like, these little, like, twinkly lights or, like, light candles or, like, I don't know, like, buy kind of those fake tickets from Dollarama and treat it, like, kind of like you're going to the cinema, but it's at home. So yeah. It's like small and, little things like that that kind of, to me, that's made the difference. Yeah. And I think just doing things is something that really helps. Like, it doesn't have to be, um, I'm getting distracted because, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little story quickly, actually. Uh, I'm getting distracted because the this truck just drove by. I'm sitting in front of my window. And earlier today, this truck down at the end of my street almost killed me. I was driving oh and he pulled out of his driveway so quickly. He was like an inch from my car and he would have hit me on the driver's side. Like, and he was going so fast that he would have killed me. Um, anyway, so he just drove by and I was just giving him a dirty look like, what the fuck? Um, anyways, sorry. Um, yeah, I think just like doing things and like, you know, sometimes it kind of feels like you're not in love anymore. Like it's like not fun, you know, 
fiery and like all these fireworks all the time because that's not realistic forever. Um, every relationship is like that at the beginning and every relationship eventually that kind of slows down. So when that starts to slow down and you get out of the honeymoon phase, at least for me, I kind of feel like, okay, well, we're not in love anymore. So we might as well break up. And that's where Paulo and I were at before we went to Vancouver was, you know what? I just don't feel in love anymore. But for me being in love was like directly related to feeling that spark and feeling like the fireworks and stuff like that. And once I stopped feeling that, I was like, okay, well, that must mean we're not in love, but that's not love. That's lust. And I think, I think I saw a TikTok that actually completely changed my perspective about, you know, this situation and explaining that being in love is not fireworks and ups and downs and roller coasters. And, you know, like you said, Yasin, it's not like a movie. Um, it's more consistent and stable and boring, I guess. Like for me, it kind of feels a little bit boring, but it's supposed to because it's supposed to be stable and consistent and not constant ups and downs. Um, you know, we have our ups and downs, but it's not constant. And from someone who grew up in chaos and I was always in chaotic relationships, like that has been really, really hard for me. And Paula and I did talk about that on our episode that we did together was like coming out of a toxic relationship for both of us. Like it was a culture shock. It's like, oh, this is so boring because you're not screaming at me because you're not like abusing me. You're not calling me names. You're not calling me crazy. Um, and so it's been a, like a really long road for me to come to terms with the fact that that's not love and that love actually is more stable and for me love can feel boring and I just have to figure out how to be okay with that I guess but like for me stress um complacency lack of communication all of those things really um lead me to losing that spark and I don't think that you're going to feel the spark all the time but I think as long as you feel the spark a lot of the time and every now and then, and like you really truly do love your partner, like it's hard to figure out if you just don't love the person anymore. And I think that's where I struggle because it's like, I don't really know what it's like to, to like truly be in love with someone. So how do I know if I'm not in love with him anymore? And how do I know if we just have lost the spark or if we're just not in love anymore? And that's like, been really hard for me but we are very much in love in case anybody's wondering although Paulo did respond to our poll that he's single and ready to mingle so I don't know where we're at actually but um we he's not single and he's not ready to mingle he was just joking but yeah and I think like like you said like what we see on social media is totally fake um it's a highlight reel no one's showing their fights on social media no one's showing you know their boringness on social media, like doing the dishes together, cleaning the house together, you know, getting groceries. No one's showing that. Everyone's just showing like the fancy dates that they're going on. And like, even for me, I had, um, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. As I had a TikTok not too long ago about Paulo that blew up. I got like, it's at almost 600,000 views. Mm -hmm. Um, and like thousands of comments of people just being like, Oh my God, like, where do I find him? And I want your relationship and all of these things. And then that actually was when we were at our worst in our relationship. And I just decided to make a video about how Paulo filled my gas tank. And it was when we were at the worst point in our entire relationship where like we hated each other, but he still did something nice for me. And it's like, how do I go on TikTok and respond to these comments and say like, 
you know, thank you so much. Like, thanks for loving us. Everybody wanted like me to show Paulo and make more TikToks about Paulo and like all of these things. And it's like, but we hated each other. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to show that. I'm not going to go on TikTok and be like, here's Paulo and I fucking hate him. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, right? So I don't hate him, but we really did not like each other for a bit there. I was miserable. He was miserable. Um, and it just like wasn't great. But yeah, like that's the thing. Everything is just a highlight reel and society and social media, like it might make us think that also feeling like we lost the spark is this like horrible, terrible thing. And like, you need to run and you need to break up with him. And like, you should always be feeling the spark, I think is what, you know, I was raised to think, but actually like you can see that 70% of our followers have experienced this, right? So it's normal and it happens to a lot of people and a lot of people push through it. And I've seen a lot of TikToks now after like, um, doing some research on it. Um, like people are saying, you know what, I'm really glad that I pushed through. So, um, yeah. How long did the honeymoon last for you and Andrew? Yes. I'd say it lasted honestly, probably up until like we first moved in. So at that point we were only seeing each other like on weekends. We weren't seeing each other even like every week at that point, which makes sense. And then like we moved in And even, like, the first bit, I'd say, like, the first few months that we moved in together, it was super honeymoon. Like, we were waking up together, having our coffee. But then I feel like moving in, you don't think about all this stuff, like, the logistics of, like, my style of living versus, like, their style of living. So Mm -hmm. that those factors definitely came into play. And that's something that we've both had to work on where, like, maybe I prefer things a certain way and then he prefers things a certain way but it all again it comes down to sitting down and having that conversation and talking about okay like you like it this way I like it this way where can we meet in a middle in the middle where we're not just like fighting about it we're not yelling at each other where we can just meet in the middle you know like I can let certain things go but like you can also let certain certain things go and then we can both kind of accommodate for how we both live so um I'd say once we started figuring that out it also kind of got um a little bit better with trying to have that spark again and even when you talk about doing those kind of like those boring day-to-day things like the groceries um doing laundry doing like your meal preps all of those things I think we really struggled with that at first But I do have to say, like, with those, you can still have fun with doing those boring chores. And if anything, like, it can actually be more fun doing those with, like, a partner than doing it by yourself. So I know, like, even with groceries, like, especially if it's been a busy week, uh, we usually try to do groceries together just to have that quality time, like, just to actually spend time talking um, and having, like, those funny conversations. Like, we'll talk about, like, conspiracy theories while we're grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do, like, those small little things. And, like, yes, it's a boring chore. But trying to also kind of utilize that time. Okay, maybe I don't spend enough quality time with that person. Like, um, or how can I make this more fun, too? You know, maybe if you're doing groceries, um, each person picks out, like, a snack for, like, a movie night or something like that. Yeah. And I think, like... For me, our honeymoon probably lasted maybe like six months. And then that's when we started to struggle. But then we were both like, okay, well, we shouldn't be struggling this much, this quick. But really, like we should have been because we moved in like so quickly. Um, But yeah, I think at the end of the day, like Paulo is my best friend. And that's what really keeps me 
like from overreacting and making rash decisions. Like sometimes I get into those mindsets and I'm like, you know what, maybe it would just be better to be single or maybe, um, maybe we're not in love anymore. And why don't we find someone who we're in love with? But really I had to really realize like, this is something that is consistent among all of my long-term relationships. So clearly it's not a problem with the boyfriends. It's a problem with me. So maybe I just need to realize that if I don't deal with it now in this relationship, I'm just going to have to deal with it in the next one. And Paul is my best friend. So I don't want to, I don't want to leave this relationship knowing that it's going to come up again. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we try to like go on walks. We try to do a lot of outdoor things together. I find the winter, like this is our second winter together and the winter is really, really hard. So the first winter we were just starting to date um, and he was over here all the time. We were like, you know, just loving everything because you couldn't really do anything because it was freezing cold and there was tons of snow and stuff. So we didn't really do much. We just kind of like laid around and it was COVID. Everybody was working from home and, um, you know, we were just laying in bed, watching movies, just chilling all the time. And it was amazing. And then come this winter, like we're now out of the honeymoon where we're not just laying around in bed. We're living our lives. We have shit to do. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't like this anymore. This isn't like last winter. (laughs) This isn't fun anymore. Um, and because, because we had to like step into reality and we're no longer in the honeymoon phase. So, um, I think in the summer, like there's a lot more to do for us up here. Like we, we have a boat. We have, like, he likes to go fishing. I love to go hiking. Um, I love to walk my dogs, but I only like to walk them in the summer because I don't like to be cold. So, um, yeah. And I think that kind of goes into, um, you know, some of our tips and strategies for reigniting the spark is, um, just making sure that you're doing things together. Like you said, yeah, it's like, um, going to the grocery store and making it fun or, um, going on walks. Like we really like to walk the dogs. We walk down to the water or we'll walk to Starbucks or, you know, whatever. And then we just talk about everything. I love when Paulo tells me gossip. That's one thing that like I I have drilled it into his brain to say, if someone tells you gossip, you better be remembering it. You better be (laughs) writing it down in your notes so that you can come home and report back to me. I don't tell anybody, but I just love to know what's like going on. And his friends are probably listening, being like, oh my God, you tell Jessica everything. Yes, he does. And that is our rule in our relationship. So just don't tell him anything if you don't want him to tell me. But um, yeah, we love to just like talk about other people's relationships, not in a judgmental way, but like in an interesting way. Like we find it really interesting how other people live their lives because our relationship I think is very different. We're both very like open-minded. And so like, we're not jealous. Like I have guy friends that I hang out with one-on-one sometimes. Um, you know, when Paula works nights, a lot of my friends are male, um, especially in the Sioux. And, um, So I go and I hang out with them. I go and I smoke a joint with them or I'll go for a walk with them or whatever. And that's controversial for a lot of people, but not for us because I trust him and he trusts me like 110%. He is really good friends with his Mm ex-girlfriend and that might bother a lot of people, but it doesn't bother me because I know he's not going to cheat on me. And he knows that if he ever cheated on me, like bad things would happen. So I shouldn't say that on a podcast because if he goes missing, I'm the number one suspect. But um, yeah, like when we were in Vancouver, um, I was obviously out of town and he was hanging out with his ex-girlfriend and that doesn't not bother me. Is it not his last ex-girlfriend, not the toxic one, but um, 
the girl from before that who actually set us up. So um, it doesn't bother me, but I think just like having that open communication and I know hundred percent, he would never cheat on me. He knows hundred percent. I would never cheat on him. Um, and I, you know, I would never hang out with somebody that was flirting with me or made me feel uncomfortable or cross my boundaries. So um, we really have a lot of respect for that, but we find it really interesting when other people don't have the same views as us. So Mm -hmm. That's something that really bonds us is talking about other people's relationships. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just like being intentional about your actions and your words. And that's where being in a long-term relationship is different than being in a short-term relationship because you actually have to like pay attention. Like you said earlier, um, your love languages. Like my love language is completely different than Paulo's. His is physical touch and I would rather die than be touched ever. So um, I have to be intentional about making sure that I'm cuddling with him and touching him and like, you know, hugging him and kissing him and all of these things that I hate doing. Uh, but I have to do it. I don't hate it because it's him. I hate it because I just don't like to be touched. Let me just yeah. put a disclaimer in there. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I think that's a really good point. Like, and also just mentioning honoring, like, your partner's request too, right? Mm -hmm. like, yes, you can, all, like, if I'm, for example, expected to, like, change something and, like, kind of adapt to, like, how their way is, it's also, like, vice versa. Yeah, so you definitely need to be making sure that you're meeting your partner's love language just as much as they're meeting yours and like meeting their needs just as much as they're meeting your needs. And like, I really do believe that sometimes, you know, one of us struggles more than the other. And sometimes the other partner kind of has to pick up the pieces of the one who's struggling and you might be giving 90% while your partner is giving 10%. And I think, you know, as long as it doesn't last long term and it's just a temporary thing, I think that's a normal part of a relationship, at least in mine and Paulo's relationship anyways. So yeah. And um, unfortunately, for whatever reason, the last part of our episode did not record. So it is just me for the last five minutes. But I just wanted to talk about, you know, a couple of things that we mentioned in this podcast, one being that relationships on social media are fake. And that is something I really want to make very clear. Like I post Paulo on TikTok. I post Paulo on Instagram, specifically like my Finsta, where I share all of these really nice things that he does for me. And a lot of people, I think they've made comments to me like, oh, you guys look like you're perfect, but we're not. We're definitely not. We're just like anybody else. We have, you know, ups and downs and we fight sometimes and I'm kind of nasty sometimes. And, you know, I definitely don't do as much for him as he does for me. So like, I just really want to be clear that relationships that you see on social media are fake. They're a highlight reel. Again, people do not show them fighting on social media. And if they do, you know that I'm there watching it. You know that I'm watching the drama on TikTok and that's just, that's just who I am. So, um, yeah, it's it's totally normal to feel this way. And I think that as long as you have a partner, which I think Yaz and I both are really lucky to have a partner who truly just loves us and is willing to work through whatever challenges with you. I think that's the most important piece, because for me, like I said, this is like a reoccurring problem for me. Right. So um, I need to have a partner who's willing to work through it with me and willing to be there for me when I'm struggling because I do have very high highs and very low lows. So I do really well for weeks or months at a time. And then all of a sudden I do poor and I'm like not taking care of myself. So um, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm definitely not taking care of my partner. So yeah, it's just about having someone that's understanding and you can communicate 
with that other person. So a couple of tips that we did talk about that I just wanted to highlight, like making time to do things with each other, making time to talk to each other. I mean, Yaz and I have both really struggled with losing the spark in our relationship. And I think Yaz had said, um, you know, her relationship at one point felt very flat and I've definitely experienced that. So, um, something that's really helped us is just, and we're not professionals, like by no means are we professionals. We're not therapists. We're not marriage counselors, but like These are two people who have been in long-term relationships. You know, I've been married and uh, that obviously didn't go very well for me, but I learned a lot from it, right? So, and now I'm in another long-term relationship. Yaz has been with Andrew for, you know, four years. So I think that we have a lot of really good life experience to be able to give some practical tips that have worked for us. And it's not just something that I Googled and said like, oh, these are some tips Google says. No, this is something that has worked for both of us. And we made this outline together. So um, even though Yaz isn't here for the last part, um, we do miss her, but I'm just going to give some of these strategies that we both kind of came up with. So yeah, just like really making time to talk to each other. And this one is huge for me. Like my love language is quality time. And I feel like, and I don't know if this is normal, but I feel like my love language changes based on what stage of life I'm in. Like it used to be physical touch. Now it's definitely not physical touch. Now it's more like, quality time, acts of service, things like that. Um, because I am kind of struggling lately and I don't know really what's going on. I'm still trying to kind of figure it out, but I'm really tired a lot. I have like a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that I don't talk about on the podcast. So, um, I think that because of that experience that I'm currently going through, I think my love language has changed a bit more to like, I love when Paulo does things for me. I love when he like, takes care of me. I love when he does things that he knows that I hate doing um, more than physical touch. And just right now I'm in a phase where I don't like physical touch at all. And again, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast episode on that once I figure it out. But um, yeah, and going out for dinner is great for me too, because we put our phones away most of the time. We just sit there and we get to chat. And Paulo and I are best friends. Like, um, Like I had said before, like we're besties. Like it's like going out for lunch with like your bestest friend, like your, you know, your best friend from high school that you've been friends with for 20 years. That's how I feel with Paulo, where we just like sit down and we talk about whatever. And it just feels so natural and comfortable. Um, and I love going for dinner because I love to just have that one-on-one time with him. And I mean, we can do that at our, at our own house, but it's not the same. Um, and The next thing is just like being intentional about your words, making sure that you're appreciating each other. I know that this is something Paulo and I have to work on because we just go through the day-to-day things without really taking time to appreciate each other. He does so much for me and I try to take time to do nice things for him in return, but it's not as natural for me. Um, I do have to just be intentional about it and be like, okay, um, what are some things that I know would make Paulo happy? Even if it's just so small, like bringing him an iced coffee or making him breakfast or like something that I don't naturally just do, but I have to be intentional about it. And for him, it's like, he has to be intentional about remembering what actually makes me feel loved. Like not saying the same compliment over and over and over, even though I know that he means it. Uh, it just still just doesn't feel the same when it's the same com like the same compliment over and over and over. So that's definitely something that we are working on. One thing I wanted to note is I went to this conference once where they were talking about marriage and how to keep the spark alive and how to keep their relationship healthy. And one thing that they said was they had weekly family meetings or weekly marriage meetings or whatever that they said it was, uh, where they would go out for coffee on a Sunday night. They would sit down and they would have like 
a list of things that they talked about every week. So it's like, where's our sex life at? Where's our communication at? What are you happy about this week in our relationship? What do you think we need to work on? Just basically like, where are we at? And they had to talk about it before they could talk about anything else. And they said like, that is a huge thing that really helped their relationship because it gave this space, safe space outside of the home where they could just like casually talk about what they liked, what they didn't like. And it was like, you could not get mad at each other. It was just a safe space. And I love that. And I feel like that's something that I want to try and implement. Maybe not as like structured. Um, but Paulo and I do struggle with communication. I'm an over communicator and he is the opposite. He likes to really sit and marinate on his feelings. Whereas I'm like, tell me everything you're thinking. Tell me everything you're feeling. I need to know the second a thought comes into your head, I would like to know it. Um, and you're going to know my thoughts. So we struggle with that. So I think that this might actually help us. So stay tuned. We might implement that. And Paulo, if you're listening, good luck. Yeah. And setting like realistic expectations for me, this was a really big one for me and Paulo, especially at the beginning of our relationship. Because if you know me, you know, I have high expectations. Like once I get into a relationship, I expect like above and beyond. I do not expect the bare minimum. I do not like the bar for me is not low. Like it's hard work being with me. And I think it's because I know what I want and I'm not going to settle for anything less. So if you're not going to give me what I want, respectfully, I will move on. Um, and so I had to like sit back and think like, okay, Jessica, are your expectations a little bit too high for this relationship? Yes, because they're a little bit too high for any relationship because nobody can physically do everything perfect. And that was my expectation. Like, you can't upset me. You can't do anything wrong. You need to be perfect. And I know that that's toxic and I am working on it in therapy. But part of that is I had to sit down and be like, okay, what is my deal breaker? What is my deal breaker? What can I let go? You know, what is something that I really can't live without? And that has made my relationship a lot better because we have learned to let go of our expectations a little bit and just be more realistic, I guess. Um, so I'm not sure if that helped any of the, the listeners that did respond to our question box on Instagram. I hope that it did. There are some things we really can't give advice on, like some things you really just have to sit down with your partner and talk to them about. Um, if you're struggling with communication, that's hard, which a lot of people I see from our question box are struggling with communication. Trust me, I used to not be a good communicator. So I truly do understand how difficult that is, but try your best, even if it's going to like couples counseling. Uh, I've gone to couples counseling, not with Paulo, but with people in the past. And although it wasn't really super helpful for our relationship, I would be interested to go again because the problem with the relationship, let's face it, was me, not him. So um, I needed to go to my own therapy. He didn't need therapy. I needed therapy. So it wasn't really helpful for that relationship. But if I really needed to go to therapy, if I really felt I was struggling so much with something like communication is a big one. I would hope that Paula would go to couples counseling with me so that we could have a third party just kind of like take all of the thoughts that we have and just kind of like put them together for us so that we could communicate a little bit better and teach us some strategies, you know, because it's different for me to say like, Paula, you need to do this and this is a better way to communicate than it is from like a therapist saying that. So um, definitely if you feel like you need therapy or, you know, your partner is open to going to therapy with you and you are struggling a little bit, I would highly suggest going because it is really beneficial for the most part. Um, but you both have to be committed. You both have to be willing to do the work. And, um, 
yeah, I promise that it does get better. But as far as like losing the spark, um, I do really just feel like it's a natural part of a relationship. Once you get past that honeymoon phase and shit gets real, like you guys now own a house together or you live together or you have pets or you have kids, like that's, that's adulting. And I don't think anybody told me how hard adulting is, but it's hard. And especially like maintaining adult friendships, maintaining adult relationships. It's all a lot harder than I expected it to be. So, um, just remembering like relationships are hard work. Like it is hard to like, remember to meet your partner's needs, but also take care of yourself, but also like keep a healthy relationship. Like that is so freaking hard. And we don't really like, I don't think that that's normalized enough. Like all of the long-term relationships I've ever been in are, have been very hard and I haven't been willing to work through those issues until now. And usually I would just run and I would just sabotage, but now I'm like, okay, Jessica, you can't keep running from relationship to relationship. So sit down and figure out what your problem is so that you can have a healthy, long-term stable relationship because that's what I want. So, um, yeah, we're definitely not perfect. Obviously Yaz and Andrew are not perfect, although I beg to differ because to me, they seem perfect. Um, clearly me and Paulo are not perfect. Obviously the people that responded to our Instagram box are not perfect in their relationships. So just like be kind to yourself and be kind to your partner and just, you know, send this to your partner, send this episode to your partner and listen to it together. Um, and talk about some of the things that we brought up and see if your partner might feel that way. Um, and let us know, let us know if you do that and how it went for you. But yeah, I think just like really being kind and empathetic to your partner as well. And just recognizing that like they're on their own journey. Like Paulo is on his own journey. I am on my own journey. And somehow we met up with each other in our journeys and we're going to continue on our journey together. But again, they're two separate journeys. So just being empathetic towards that and yeah, just be, just be kind to each other. Okay. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I know Yaz, if she was here, she would appreciate it as well. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I'm really excited for all of the guests that we have planned coming on the podcast in the next few weeks. Um, we have two people specifically coming on the podcast to discuss, um, you know, being a mom and managing businesses here in Sault Ste. Marie and just kind of like navigating self-care. Uh, if you watch our stories, you would have seen on, um, I think it was Saturday, Meg from Picnic Plus is coming on in a couple of weeks to talk about just that. And we had a really lovely conversation about it on our walk. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear about it. Yaz and I have really good episodes coming up. We have some good guests coming on. We have some good ideas for guests. So um, if you have, you know, a specialty in something that you really want to talk about on this podcast, definitely reach out to us and we would be happy to look into having you as a guest on the pod. Um, yeah, because I just really want to give people a platform to discuss whatever they want to talk about. Like whatever your opinion is, come on and talk about it. I have a friend that lives in Chicago and I'm desperately trying to get him on here to talk about American politics because that's a whole like dumpster fire that I don't know if you guys really want me to get into, but I would love to get into it and I would love to have an American on to talk about that, especially an American who disagrees with me, because I would love to pick your brain about why you think guns should not be restricted in America more than they are. Anyways, I'm going to end it there before I get on my rant about gun violence and abortion rights in America and American politics, because I'm already like my face is turning red, just even talking about it. And we're at the end of the episode. So, um, if you don't follow us on social media, please go follow us. It's at my thoughts and I podcast on Instagram and TikTok. 
and uh, go follow us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message. Um, share us with your friends. Post us your stories. We really, really appreciate that. And like I said, I'm excited for all the episodes that are coming up and I'm really just getting back into the swing of things. So yeah, give us five stars. Also, if you like us, if you don't like us and just don't rate us at all and don't come back um, or do and, you know, have a respectful conversation with me on Instagram. And uh, on that note, see you later. Have a good week, guys. Thank you.